1: You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM 740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back.
2: Let's talk sports.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you today? I'm great, thanks so much. Crazy busy show today, uh... Coming on later in the hour, uh, Raptors analyst Leo Routens, Joe the Throw Theisman, uh, but let's get right at it. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, p- former St. Louis Blue, uh, the co host of TSN's, and Toronto Maple Leaf for that matter, co host of TSN's First Up, Monday mornings, Monday to Friday. Of course, I'm talking about Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, good morning, and thank you for joining us.
3: Good morning, boys. It looks ready to talk some sports.
1: Let's talk some sports. We kept you off the <laughs> golf course today,
3: Carlos. So we apologize for that. Uh, but uh, let's... it's all good, man. I'm trying to get as many rounds as I can here before uh, <laughs> the weather turns on us. So let's. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually honored to, to and and lucky to be on with you guys. I know we've tried many times, but uh, a lot to dive into right now.
1: Uh, Carlo, thanks so much. And uh, as I said, uh, you know, I said uh, I, was, I was announcing you as a uh, 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 former Toronto Maple Leaf, former St. Louis Blue. I almost said what I really remember you as, which was a Toronto Red Wing. Uh, <laughs> that, that is going back a long, long time ago. Uh, it sure is. Uh, the days I used to coach minor hockey, I think you guys were practicing down on Chesswood and you, pra- you yeah. guys used to practice before before we did in another arena. Anyways, Carlo, we're tight for time today and we got so much, so much to talk about. Joe Thornton, TJ Brody, Wayne Simmons, Zag Bogosian, Jimmy Vesey, Nick Robertson. Uh, should I be reserving my place on the parade route? Carlo, let's get into it.
3: Well, I think you're definitely reserving your place in the parade route because we're talking about a team and an organization that hasn't won a playoff round in 16 years. So that's uh, that's that's something to you know at least you know uh, put put a little bit more of a um, uh, more more patience in. Um, I know there's not much patience in Maple Leaf Land, but um, I've always been a believer that you got to learn how to win in the playoffs first before you decide to uh, label yourself as a Stanley Cup contender. Um, do I like the pieces that the Maple Leafs have added? Of course. Um, you know these are the, these are the moves that uh, people expected them to make because when you don't win, there's always changes that that um, you know come to the forefront um, in an off season. Um, yeah. And for the Maple Leafs, uh, I you know I think everybody would say that they're disappointed that they didn't go after Alex Petrangelo a little bit harder because it would have addressed and checked all the boxes under defense. Uh, when you talk about improving that area, but I think you've got to compliment them for, you know, the job that they've done in supplementing other pieces that could help round out their roster. Um, I think the Maple Leafs, like everybody in hockey, uh, watched the way the Tampa Bay Lightning transformed themselves to win a Stanley Cup and understand that you need balance in your lineup. And I think the additions that they've made, um, have helped address those needs. You talk about, you know, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, TJ Brody. Uh, I think I don't think any of those guys would be considered top guys uh, that you would add, but they're important pieces, and they all bring something different and um, help round out this roster better. I mean, I don't know how I feel about the Joe Thornton move. I love Joe Thornton. I think he's an outstanding player. Uh, his 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 record and his profile speaks for itself. I think that was more of a mood a move that was a want more than a need. Um, I just, you know, when you got Jason Spezar already on your roster, you add another older guy like Wade Simmons, um, Kyle Dubas-Cozone says that he wants to address his bottom six and wants to be tougher to play against. Um, as much as that's a great name to bring in, I just don't know how that fits a need, uh, for the May plays, but I guess we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, obviously aside from the game on the ice, there's, there's important intangibles that, that a guy like Jordan Thornton brings. And I'm pretty sure everybody's excited to see that play out. Uh, Nez, I'll turn it over to you. Carlo, the defense was the issue last year and the year before and the year before that.
4: We still haven't addressed the defense completely. Is there another shooter drop here?
3: I think there is. I mean, I, I, I would agree with you. I think there has to be. Um, but in a flat cap world where Maple Leafs are right up against it, um, what other moves can they make? Um you know, you're right. I mean, I don't think the defense has been the last couple of years. I think you look back at the last decade uh, where this Maple Leafs, you know, weakness has been their defense. Uh, just look at the guys that, you know, that have come up through their system. Uh, Morgan Riley has really been the only guy that they've drafted and developed and turned into a great player. Um, you know, they had hopes for Dermott. I think, you know, he's still a work in progress. Um, even though I like everything that he brings, last year was a struggle for him. I saw, you know, the Justin Hall take a nice surprise jump, but um, obviously for Kyle Dubas, you've got to continue to find ways to improve your roster, but finding ways to improve your roster uh, right now with not much flexibility becomes a challenge. You know, money in has to be money out. Who are you moving on the back end to help make that happen, or who are you moving up front to make that happen? And I mean, I, I still believe that if, if you're going to make a big move on defense, well then the big move should have been to do everything you can to get a guy like Alex Petrangelo. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, they obviously like what they, what they have in, in TJ Brody is a guy that they target, you know, right up until last year. Um, I, I like everything about the Zach Bogosian move because that contract doesn't really put a lot of pressure on him to come in and be the top guy. Um, you know, he can, he's a guy that obviously found the new lease on life and is, moved to Tampa last year and a strong playoff run and winning a championship. And if he can bring everything that he had there to this Toronto group, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something that can be a, an exciting move, um, you know, with players watching what he brings. And I played with Zach, I know who, who he is as a guy, and he's an outstanding guy to be around. And um, he's had some troubles with injuries, but we'll see how that one plays out. And for the most part, um, you know, they need Riley to continue to take a step. They need Jake Muzzin to continue to elevate his game. And, you know, as everyone's saying good things about this Mikko Lettinen in, in uh, Russia, who's gotten off to a great start, but he still hasn't played in NHL games, and it's a different game over here. So, um, I think there's a lot of time between now and the start of the season. So if you're Dubas, you got to continue to explore every option.
1: Uh, we're talking to Carlo Colliacovo. The you know all of these moves, but it seems the one that got the biggest attention was the uh, was the Joe Thornton move. Um, Hall of Famer, no question. Uh, yeah.
4: Stats stats
1: last year um, not the not the greatest, but uh, apparently on five on if you actually break it out like some of the analytics uh, geeks have uh,
5: <laughs> on,
1: on on the five on five, his assists were. Not that bad as power play minutes were down last year. San, you know, I was about to say San Diego. Uh, the Sharks were uh, not as good a team as they've been in the past. He's 41 years old. Mm. He's been in the league 23 years. Uh, Sharks were literally a good team for uh, uh, an upper echelon team for most of his career. Played a lot of Team Canada. Uh, he's got a lot of miles on those legs. Uh Interesting part about having a lot of mile on those legs. He's actually playing hockey right now
3: over in New yeah. Switzerland. So God bless him. I mean, yeah, you know, for it, for no, to be- d- definitely God bless him. I think that's a good thing for him, so he can have you know a- at least an idea of how he feels and where he thinks his game is at. But you know, I, I think if you're looking to win a PR move, the Maple Leafs definitely did that uh, in bringing in Jill Thornton. J- J- um, You know, it's 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 confusing when you hear messages like. You know, we want to be tougher to play against in our bottom six, and you know, we we want to uh, still add skill, but you know, focus on bringing in uh, guys that fill certain roles. I don't think you need analytics, or I don't think you need you know um, a yearbook to tell you what you're getting in Joel Thornton. I think everybody who's familiar with hockey knows what you're getting in Joel Thornton. He's a guy who's um, you know played a lot in the league, has a lot of experience playing with great players, and accomplishing great feats um, but you're not getting Joel Thornton in his prime you're getting Joel Thornton at the end of his deal and what how much can you expect from a guy when you want to play a fast game and you know he's maybe a guy that can't keep up to that There's always guys that find a way to get around whether it's with their size, uh, with their smarts, with their sticks, um, with with certain strengths, of their game that the, that they bring, whether it's being good face-off or being you know a PP specialist, that's what you're going to get out of Joel Thornton. And I, mean, I think if anybody expects anything different, well then um, you know you feel differently about this move. But I, I think there's more than just playing the game when it comes to adding certain players, and that's what you're getting with Joel Thornton. It's it's the it's, it's the accountability that he's going to hold players to. It's a voice in the locker room. It's the respect that he's going to earn with the younger players, and um, obviously. You know, great face-off guy, great power play guy. And, you know, every like you, you've seen the messages from former teammates uh, that have come out since the signing that um, everything attached to Joe Thornton is a home run. And I think that's, uh, that, that, that's a huge positive for the Maple Leafs because it's, it's safe to say that, you know, since they lost guys like Marlowe and Hainsey, guys that were older guys, veteran in the room that maybe these younger guys would look up to, They've kind of gone in a different direction, and you, they, there's been a lot of inconsistency in their in their games. And maybe bringing in more more character guys like this um, can help fix that issue. Uh, Nas,
4: Carlo, oh, well, what would have happened if they brought Cherry instead of Thorn?
3: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say what would have happened because if you if you believe everything you hear, there's still a possibility that it might happen. Um, you know, I, I don't. I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously you. For the Maple Leafs, guys like Glaston Matthews and Mitch Marner, who have had to play against the Daniel Chara in playoff rounds, I think there would be a lot of excitement on their end, knowing that they wouldn't have to play against a guy like that. But um, you know, when we're talking about these older guys like like Thornton, like Spezza, like like a guy like Daniel Chara, these guys are physical specimens. Um, they're they're different breeds, and obviously, there's 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 you can't expect them to be. The, the guys that you're used to seeing in their primes, but they can fit a certain role that's asked of them. And if, if that's what it takes for Zidane Chara to, to see, you know, things that he likes about this Maple Leafs team and at least can find a certain role for him, whether it be a, 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 a penalty kill guy or, you know, just a voice that, that could, you know, carry the, the, the young guys. There's always a certain role and a need for, for guys like that. But, I mean, how many of them do you really need if you're the Maple League? Uh, <laughs> you well, know, Carlo, don't maybe want, you don't want to be that team that you know you yeah. focus on young and speed, and next thing you're turning the page and you're focusing on being the oldest team in the league. So I, I, I would shred... Tread, tread water carefully when you're when you're entertaining those type of ideas. Uh, I, 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 just
1: uh, with with my with with tongue in cheek here, Carlo. Uh, maybe Kyle Dubas has been reading the history books. Uh, last time, last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup, they had a whole bunch of old guys in their lineup. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that the '67 Leafs had uh, had, uh, had a lot of uh, a lot of guys in their late 30s in that yeah. lineup. So maybe, maybe they're uh, turning back
3: the clock. Turning back the clock.
1: <laughs> maybe that's just Maybe that's who new model. I'm kidding, of course. Strap uh, 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 pick, Carlo, this uh, Russian kid. I can't even pronounce. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, this is Zuma radio. I'm getting old. I Rodiano Amara. Yeah. Okay. Tell us, tell us what you know about him.
3: Uh, I wish I could tell you what I know about him because to be honest with you, I don't know much about him <laughs> other than, <laughs> well, uh, it, other it than, it didn't uh, seem like
1: the rest of the NHL knew a lot about him either,
3: but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, if I think if you just evaluate the Maple Leafs draft this year, the, the focus was on a lot of European players, and was that because that, you know, it's it's a guarantee that the European leagues are going to play this year, and they're playing right now, and maybe that's um, important to the development? I, I don't know, or maybe the they're, they're Le- Maple Leafs scouts have been only been able to scout those guys, and maybe they have a better feel for them. Um, like I said, I, it's, it's unfair for me to comment on the player because I don't know much about him, but Just the draft pick itself. I was surprised. I was surprised that uh, they went that route with another small skilled forward. Um, When you know me, when I evaluate this Maple Leafs, not not just their roster, but their 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 farm system and their depth chart, uh, they're really weak in their defensive uh, prospect pool. Um, And with two players that were available at that position, I thought they would have went that route, but. I guess it's a good thing I'm an adult analyst, not a scout, um, because you know uh, I I I probably would have went a different route there. But I think Craig Button said it best: is you know you look at the way the Maple Leafs have drafted. You know they they focused on skill and speed, and and size doesn't really matter. But when you have too much of that in your organization or even in your prospect pool, um, you know it's always nice to draft and develop you know, different players so that when you're going to look for those players, sometimes if you can't find them in a trade or free agency, maybe you just got to look from within. And, you know, I think that's, that's the issue that maybe this Maple Leafs organization faces with their minor league team is they have maybe too many of the same players. And, you know, now when you go look for grit and when you go look for guys that are tougher to play against, you can't, you can't look within because you've your, your focus has been different. So that's, that's where I think the philosophy needs to, uh, I wouldn't say change because you know obviously, all the staff believe in something, but you know, have a little bit more of uh, um, you know uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, have, have a little bit more of an option where there's 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 different options that you're developing, and I guess that's where you you would define the draft. But you know it's it's fair, it's unfair. Like I wouldn't even say it's unfair, but it's confusing when you hear people categorize the draft and they say, well, you know, these are guys that you're looking and banking on two, three years from now. I have a totally different outlook for that. Like guys at 18 years old are now more than ever ready to step in and play in the NHL. It's just, it's, it's the opportunity that, that you, 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 you provide for them. That's going to determine whether or not they, there are guys you can trust. Um, so when you go and draft a guy, um, you know, your focus should be, you know, seeing this guy be part of your group, whether it's the following year or the year after, or maybe the year after that, because if he's not after three years, like a Timothy Lilligren, you know, next guy up is really the the way you got to look at it. So, um, I guess we'll see how it plays out. We've been talking to Carlo Koliakov. Sorry, Carlo. Uh,
1: We've got to let you go. We've got a pretty power-packed lineup today. Thanks so much for joining us. Ten seconds or less. uh, uh, Raise. Dodgers, Atlanta Braves.
3: Who's going to be the World Series champions? Well, I mean, you got to like everything about what the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays offer, just because they're the you know the the unsung heroes. They have a lot of like no name. I wouldn't say no name, but no big name players on that team, and the way they find ways to win is is fun to watch. But I mean, if, if you're a fan of baseball, you want to see the Dodgers in there just because of the name and the players that are on that team, and. Um, you know, it's 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 a nice feel good story for Atlanta because Alex Anthopoulos is there and as a Jays fan, you appreciate everything he did when, during his tenure here. But I, I'm cheering for Rays Dodgers.
1: Carlo Coleacchio, you can listen to him Monday to Friday on
3: uh, TSN's First Up
1: with Mike Landsberg. Always listening, Carlo. You know how much we appreciate us. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on a Sunday morning. Thanks so much.
3: Hey, thanks for having me a part of your 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 stack lineup today. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: we'll
3: All be right, good right day of football. Talk to you. Thank you. Bye.
2: It was a rainy day when PizzaVille introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app.
0: Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca
7: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back.
1: The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to
3: the Naz and Wally
1: Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, and live streaming on the internet, www.zumaradio.ca. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Raptors analyst, Leo Routins. Good morning, Leo. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How's everybody today? Everybody's great. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, the uh, L.A. Lakers are the NBA champions, um, got through the bubble down in Orlando. Now that we've had a week, basically, to assess how it all played out, uh, your uh, your parting thoughts on the whole NBA, uh, way they structured their playoffs, and how uh, Lakers, any uh, surprises there, your, your overall impressions of how the NBA finished off their season in their playoffs?
8: Uh, you know, I, I, I said this the last time we spoke, uh, you know, the, the NBA, they were leaders. Uh, when, when the pandemic initiated and the NBA stepped up, they suspended uh, the league and, and literally the whole world kind of followed. Uh, there were a lot of people indecisive, a lot of people not sure what to do. The American government wasn't acting on anything and uh the nba suspended their league and literally by doing so uh like i said many many followed uh, leagues around the world also suspended and, and adam silver the commissioner uh, in my opinion literally saved thousands and thousands of lives by doing what he did uh and so no surprise in resuming uh and trying to finish the season uh the nba created a bubble and um, the bubble was very sophisticated, very, it, it took a great deal of time. They, they invested 150 million, uh, in the bubble and the bubble was more than just trying to play games. The bubble actually involved research, uh, funding research, funding, uh, testing, funding all kinds of things in coordination with medical entities to, uh, further the, the research and, uh, and, uh, the opportunities uh, to fight COVID. And, uh, so, you know, I think it was, it, w- it was a great success. It was difficult for a lot of the teams involved. Uh, but, uh, the fact to be able to go through that entire, uh, process and have, uh, you know, literally no, no, no one testing positive, uh, is a great testament to what they did, uh, and to the advancement of many of the COVID protocols, uh, going forward, uh, in the money they invested. And then of course, the, Everybody saw the Black Lives Movement and, uh, you know, the protests against injustice. I think the NBA again was in the forefront with all that. So, uh, so many great things, uh, in the bubble and, and they crowned a champion in a very difficult season. They were able to crown a champion, the Lakers. And, uh, you know, once, uh, once lebron got to that point where he got he, he could see he could smell he could smell another championship he could smell his fourth ring uh you knew that he wasn't going to be denied uh playing against the miami heat the miami heat had a tremendous run a tremendous bubble run uh and and you know pat Riley did a great job of retooling that team uh but they were no compare no no match really for lebron james and uh uh and anthony davis and uh so it was a a strong finish for them, but, uh, overall, uh, a very successful, uh, uh, NBA run. And uh, Naz,
4: Leo, what happened to the Clippers this year? They, they fell apart at the end. What's going on there? Uh,
8: I wouldn't necessarily say they fell apart at the end. I, I just say that, uh, uh, the, bu- the bubble affected a lot of teams in a lot of different ways. And you could add the Raptors to that. Uh, uh, you know, I going in, I thought the Raptors were going to thrive in the bubble. I, I just thought the, their makeup and the way they were built, uh, they would thrive. Uh, at the same time, at the beginning of the bubble, I thought looking at the Clippers, I thought they were, uh, they were, you know, arguably the best team there, uh, just watching them, uh, initial, initially. Uh, but you know, things changed. Things change. The bubble was a difficult environment. Uh, some teams could handle it. Some teams couldn't. Some individuals could. Some couldn't. Uh, and it impacted a lot of people. And I think the Clippers and the Raptors, uh, you know, were impacted significantly by the bubble. So, uh, you know, the, Clip- the Clippers have their issues. Uh, you know, the Raptors experienced a lot of issues with Kawhi. I think they handled uh, his needs extremely well. Meaning, you know, I think the biggest one being load management and how to how to deal with the stress on his body and taking care of what he had to take care of. Uh, the Clippers did not handle that so well. You're hearing more and more right now. People, players on a team, felt resentment. Uh, and also remember when when he signed with the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers basically sold the farm to get him. Uh, they did whatever they had to do to get uh, little, uh, you know Kawhi and Paul George for that matter. Uh, and if both of these players are not happy and this team is not winning, they're screwed. (laughs) They're screwed for years to come (laughs) because of everything they gave away to to make it happen. And, uh, you know, you're finding out more and more things right now, the concessions they made, the fact that, you know, Kawhi is living in San Diego uh, and basically commuting (laughs) and, uh, you know, causing people to wait. And, uh, you know, some teams can handle that. Some teams can deal with that. Uh, Other teams can't. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff is starting to come out right now. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm not shocked by any of it. It's just, uh, it's what happens when you, uh, like I said, when you want to give away the farm, be careful. Uh, Leo, what are the
1: Raptors going to look like next year?
8: Any, uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I expect nothing but, uh, another solid team to come forward another team to be making a run in the East, uh. You know, Masai Ujiri uh, and Bobby Webster, uh, they know what they have to do to, uh, I think, keep the core together. Uh, and there's a very strong core. Uh, and to tweak the core and add pieces and, and, and move a few pieces around. So, uh, you know, it's, it's early right now. Uh, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, and they, as you know, the Raptors don't, uh, don't share a lot of what, what they're <laughs> planning to do. They keep things very tight to the vest. Uh, but I have a great deal of confidence in, 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 uh, in management. And it's also, it's a confidence based on uh, what I've seen and how they do their business. And it's also uh, a, a confidence in that you have a management that is all about winning. Uh, they've set the bar. Uh, the bar is set high. Uh, they don't plan on lowering that bar. Uh, their expectations are extremely high. Uh, and they'll do everything they can to fulfill those expectations. So I, you know, I I'm excited about next season, whenever that may be. <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, that's the big question now. You know, what kind of season, uh, you know, uh, you know, when is it going to start? What kind of season are gonna, is it going to be? Is it going to involve a bubble or, or several, bu- several bubbles? Or would there be an attempt to put, uh, fans in the stands? There's so many variables at this point. We have no idea.
4: That's, is there anybody on the uh, Raptors bench that you see coming up and playing a much bigger role next year? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see
8: anybody uh, that's going to have a, a you know much bigger significant role. I mean, uh, Terrence Davis, I think, is a, obviously uh, a player that didn't get a lot of playing time in the playoffs, but had a, I think, a great rookie year. And if he continues to develop, he's certainly going to be. Uh, more of a, a, a rotational player. That's there's no question about that. Uh but, you know, I, I think it's it's still you're still in development with a lot of younger players and you're still uh like I said the key decisions are, you know, what core uh do you keep, what core do you uh, you know, try to try to retain and, and how do you how do you supplement that core? How do you give that core a better chance to succeed uh with potential moves? So uh, you know, I, I think
3: those are gonna be the
8: the bigger questions for this team. Uh, as we
1: got deeper into the, uh, we're talking to Leo Routens. As we got deeper into the NBA Finals, uh, Leo, it seemed to become obvious, except for a little curve at the end, that the uh, Lakers were headed towards a championship. And, of course, then the story became, uh, who's who's, who's the, the greatest of all time? LeBron or, M or uh, Michael? Uh, and, of course, everybody's got an opinion on that. Um, I, 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 think it's difficult to suggest that LeBron is greater than Michael Jordan. The other argument seems to be easier to make. Um, where do you, where do you sit on that, uh, debate? It's, I know it's a fun debate. People like to have these debates. We have it about Tom Brady in the, in the NFL and, you know, Gretzky and, uh, Bobby Orr in the NHL, LeBron, MJ, your thoughts on that one, Leo, it be, became, uh, became an interesting topic of debate. As as the NBA Finals came to a conclusion.
8: Yeah, I mean, you you, you know you you're always going to get these debates, and, and you know quite frankly, I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of those debates. I, I I'm am more of a fan of appreciating uh, what you have in front of you and enjoying it uh, as players. from different eras bring different things to the table. Uh, you know, the game is very different today for LeBron than it was for Michael Jordan. Uh, LeBron has, you know, statistically, people are going to look at LeBron and say, wow, you know, look, he's going to, she's shattering the record books. Well, you know, a lot of that is, uh, you know, longevity, right? Uh, he has an incredible body. Uh, he came along at a time where he can do more and take care of your body better than, uh, at any other time. And he does that. He invests, you know, seven figures in his body every year uh, on keeping it where it needs to be. But to be able to stay as fit and as healthy and as strong as he has. Uh, you know, like I said, he's going to shatter the record books and people are going to just automatically put him at the top because of that. And I don't think that's fair either. Uh, you know, you, think, you look at Mike, to me, and again, this is a, it's, it's personal because, uh, you know, I've had conversations, for example, Wayne Embry, you know, uh, you know, consultant with the Toronto Raptors, and is a great historical, uh, has a, the best historical reference of anybody I've ever spoken to about the NBA in so many ways if you talk to Wayne Embry, he's probably going to say Oscar Robertson's the best player to ever play. And I I can't have that discussion with him. I can't have that argument with him because I don't have a frame of reference that could uh, properly have that discussion. Uh, Same, you know, same thing. uh, You know, if you want to talk Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, I I can't have those discussions. Um, So uh, I I trust him and I trust his judgment. Uh, And in my judgment, Michael Jordan's the greatest player I've ever seen. And, And, you know, I, I love LeBron. I love how he plays the game. I love, you know, what he's been able to do. But to me, Michael Jordan uh, was something that, as a player, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen anybody do what he did, how he did it, and, 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 as I don't know if the best word is as viciously as he approached playing yeah. the game. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I uh, to me, it's, it's, I, I just appreciate, I appreciate what I get to see. I, you know, we're living at a time where we get to see LeBron and, uh, you know, when I'm an old man and and people are going to be talking about, uh, you know, Hey, you know, this guy has this record, this record. Yeah. Let me tell you about him. (laughs) Just like I can tell you about Michael Jordan from what I saw. So uh, that's the way I look at it. Again, they're all great in their own right. And we should just appreciate it. On that note, Leo, uh, we're going to thank you. Uh,
1: We always appreciate your thoughts, your passion, and your insights. Uh, Thanks so much for taking the time for us this morning.
8: All right, guys, have a great Sunday, and uh, for everybody, let's stay safe, all right? We've got a long way to go. Keep your mask on and and stay safe.
1: Absolutely. Wise words. Leo Routens, thanks so much.
2: Thanks. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced contact-free delivery. Order and prepay online and choose contact-free delivery. The driver will place your order on your doorstep in a nice, clear, protective bag. Then he'll politely stand back two metres and call the number on the receipt. Once you answer the door, he'll give you a little toodaloo and off he goes. Contact free delivery from pizzaville.ca or the Pizzaville app. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn.
7: I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best expert sales superior service and the largest selection of infinity cars and suvs in canada and the most competitive pricing anywhere it's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade visit alta infinity woodbridge.com or better yet drop by the number seven auto mall at the corner of martin grove and highway seven experience the difference that makes alta infinity the captain's choice are you real ready
0: If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents.
6: Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice
1: not here to be nice they're here to be right the boys are back the naz and wally sports hour on zoomer radio good morning and welcome back to the Nas and wally sports hour we are live on the new am 740 in toronto 96.7 fm and on the internet www.zoomerradio.ca we're pleased to welcome to the Nas and wally sports hour joe theisman good morning joe how are you
5: Good morning, Mads. Good morning, Wally. How are you this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning of NFL football?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, We're looking forward to it, uh, Joe. Uh, Football's the one sport that's in season. Uh, You know, we... uh, Watch the NHL and the NBA. It's kind of tough to watch those in the in the middle of the summer, but uh, and and uh, NFL football and NCAA football, for that matter, are in season, and we're we're thrilled. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us, Joe. We hope you're well. Uh, Where well, there's a big buzz in Southern Ontario and Western New York, Joe, and we got to get your thoughts on it. The Buffalo Bills were off to uh, a fantastic start. They were 4-0. and They got handed to them a little bit this week by Tennessee. But there's a buzz around the quarterback, Josh Allen. Joe, uh, you are a keen observer of quarterbacks and obviously a keen observer of, uh, of football. Tell us your thoughts on Josh Allen and your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills.
5: I, you know, I have really, really enjoyed watching Josh Allen grow into the role and it's a, it's a continuing process. And this is something a lot of people don't really understand. I mean, you look at Joe Burrow and now Justin Herbert with, with the chargers and, uh, everybody says, Oh, look at him, look at him. You know, physically there's a part of the game that is very polished, but there's the mental growing process. And, you know, Josh is learning to do that. Uh, when he first came into the league, I didn't necessarily think he was the best of throwers. He's starting to throw the ball much better, much more accurately. Uh has got a cannon for an arm. He's a big guy. He understands uh, you know, what it's like to be able to run. The thing that he's going to have to learn is, number one, don't take hits if you don't have to. Just ask Cam Newton about that. Even, even though you're a big physical presence, it is going to wear on you. And I think the game against Tennessee last week was, was a real eye-opener for him and for the Bills. And everybody said the Bills are going to win the division going away now. Uh, Tom Brady's out of New England. They forget how great a coach Bill Belichick is. And you just can't all of a sudden say, you know, this, this one change is going to make that much of a difference. But I really like the progress that Josh Allen is making. And I do like the Buffalo Bills a lot. I think they're a solid defensive football team and you know, you proved, they proved last week, if you make mistakes, it's hard to win. Uh, Naz, so, uh,
4: Tennessee made the AFC final last year. Are we underrating them?
5: I think so, Naz. I, I really do. I think they're sort of flying under the radar. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did a fantastic job. I mean, here's a classic case of a guy who was drafted, was really a converted wide receiver to quarterback and really hadn't played a lot at that position. Goes to Miami, and everybody's like, oh, you know, the kid can't play. He's a bust. Midseason, he gets traded to Tennessee, and all of a sudden, he changes that football team. And I I think Arthur Smith has done a great job as a coordinator. There's somebody else who's underrated. Um, And plus, having Derrick Henry doesn't hurt. I mean, he's just a big old horse. We we saw what Najee did (laughs) and was able to do with Alabama last (laughs) night and the type of back he is. So I, I really think people aren't taking him seriously yet. Um, this, you know, it's a big game. Uh, this was a big game for them against Buffalo. You know, they really, I think, proved a point that, hey, look, we did, it wasn't a fluke last year we made the playoffs. It was uh, real.
1: I'm uh, talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, in, in uh,
5: the greater Toronto area,
1: southern Ontario for that matter, we have a lot of not not this year unfortunately cuz we can't cross the border but there's a lot of us that like to make the trek to orchard park to watch the bills but there's almost as many if not more that like to make trek down to pittsburgh to watch the steelers there's there's a lot of <laughs> extremely passionate pittsburgh steelers fans in uh, in southern ontario and in the greater toronto area and the steelers are off to a great start all my steelers buddies are all excited this year
5: Uh, what's going on down in Pittsburgh, Joe? Well, first of all, Walter, I think they should be excited. You know, Big Ben goes to show you what that one position is all about. With Big Ben back, uh, and with a vengeance, too. I mean, he's come back to really prove something. Everybody said, you know, Ben's going to retire this year. No, he's not. No, he's just started getting his feet wet again. I think the Steelers are playing really good defense. And that's really where they hung their hat for so many years. This is going to be a great test against Cleveland, because Cleveland's got a lot of individual physical talent. I think it's a terrific test for Baker Mayfield, and it's a terrific test for the Steelers, because it is a divisional game. Cleveland is 4-1. and one. Uh, You look at the way they've been playing, uh, and and now you have to say to yourself, this is going to be one of those... It's sort of become the heavyweight division again, with Baltimore being who they are, of course, Cincinnati growing, and then a Cleveland and, and the Steelers, but... You know, is there anything but a passionate Steeler fan? You, I don't, know. you know, I mean, <laughs> no matter what, no matter where in North America you are, Walter, they are passionate fans. Uh, I mean, it's and, and they are they're are they're the fans that are committed no matter what. They understand they're, they're smart fans. There's a difference between fans who just really support the team and all of a sudden they struggle and go, ah, I don't like them anymore. But the Steeler fans are loyal. All the way, and they understand what happened to their football team last year. And of course, you know this is this is the game. Cleveland was the game last year with Miles Garrett, and Mason Rudolph ripping helmets off. And I read where Miles Garrett said that you know expected it to be a clean game. Well, that's on you. Um, and and you know it, it's emotions run high in our games, and there's a lot at stake. And what we don't realize, I mean, you're you're looking at the sixth game of the season now. We're, we're basically almost to the halfway point of our season, which you wouldn't believe. I mean, um, just as an FYI for those of you that are, are Major League Baseball fans, these playoffs are incredible. I mm-hmm. mean, the NBA was incredible, and everybody sort of expected the Lakers to do what they did. I know the NHL was incredible, um, and I just have to commend all the commissioners that have done a terrific job And in particular, I just want to say this about the basketball players were locked in that bubble forever. And they did a terrific job managing themselves, being really professional about the way they went about their jobs. And I think the National Football League has benefited from the other sports having to deal with this pandemic and making adjustments accordingly. This year is far from normal. And they're leveled, you know, Walter and Nash, they'll never be a normal again. You know, we're creating what is about to be a new normal. Uh, We're talking to Joe theismann Nas,
4: Joe, uh, Chase Claypool, great Notre Dame receiver, now starring in Pittsburgh. What do you think of him? And I have to ask you a question. When you came up to the Argos, you had to play with Canadian players. How was the talent when you played compared to now?
5: In the Canadian league, Naz? Yes.
4: Canadian players, Canadian-born
5: players. Canadian-born players. We had more, you know, we had more Canadian-born players than we did uh, than American kids. Uh, first of all, uh, Claypool is, you know, I mean, he is. He gives them a big physical presence, and and I think that's really important. He's another one that'll grow into the position more and more. Uh, he was a big target at Notre Dame. He's a big target for Ben. Um, you know, they had Antonio who could run. And, and now you have got a, you know, you've got a bigger wide receiver, a, a big guy who can go get the ball. And in this day and age of 50-50 balls, I think his talent and his skills are very important. As far as the, the talent on our football team, when I played with the Argos, I mean, you know, Dave Ramey, uh, um, was, that was, 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 you know, an American guy, but, you know, Mike Eben was a wide receiver and Paul Jardin was our center. Paul was a PhD in biochemistry. Mike Eben was a PhD in Germanic languages. We don't have a whole lot of PhDs down here um, when it comes to guys that were able to do both uh, because of the commitments. And it's a different time and a different age. You know, I thought our Canadian talent, uh, Peter Martin, um, Mike Eben, um, Tony Morrow. You know, Tony, almost every crane in Toronto is part of Tony's company. You talk about somebody who's gone on and done very well. Uh, I can name, it's really funny you guys bring this up. I had a conversation with somebody who was Canadian just the other day. I was playing golf. And I sat and I reeled off all the guys I played with. Gene Mack, Leon McQuay, Billy Simon, um, Mike Eben, Paul Desjardins, Noah Jackson, uh, Mel Profitt, Narv Luster, Flea Allen. I, I, I can name more guys, I think, uh, or as le- at least equally as many guys that I played with on the Toronto Argonaut football team, than I can that I played with with the Washington football team. It was uh, it was a fun bunch of guys. It was a fun time in our society. You know everything was everything was much freer. Uh, the, people's opinions, um, their, the hostility didn't exist that it does in the world towards one another. It seems, which is just reaching a point that you know you shake your head. You know, the three of us have been around on this earth for quite a while, and we're we're very blessed to be able to do the things we're able to do. I have great concern for this, for our children and our grandchildren. Um, But we've got to get something straightened out in society before uh, we mess this thing up completely. I will, I will, I will say here, here on that
1: one, Joe. And, Naz, thanks for that Canadian uh, football question. I've uh, listening to Joe talk about the early 1970s. Argos has brought a huge smile to my face going down that memory lane. Certainly uh, certainly a wonderful moment for me this morning. Uh, Joe, we've got a few minutes left. I always get, like the opportunity to get your critical analysis of quarterbacks uh, the Tom Brady, Cam Newton exchange, Tom Brady in Tampa. Uh, what's your assessment of his game so far? He seems to be throwing more picks than he normally does. Um, your, your thoughts on, his, on that transfer and Cam Newton in New England? How's that working out?
5: Well, first of all, I, I thought, I think Tom, you know, you see what happens when you don't have a chance to work with people. No OTAs, no mini camps, no training camp, no preseason to any extent. Um, and you could see that I, I always felt that the first three regular season games were going to be glorified preseason games where players are getting in condition, players are getting to know one another. And now you're going to start to see who football teams really are and how well they can play. Uh, I think Tom was a victim of uh, a lack of familiarity with the people around him, a lack of familiarity with the system. Um, you, you saw how hot he got the other day. I mean, he was so mad he lost track of down. He was upset with the stupid penalties that some of his linemen were making. I mean, you know, as a quarterback, you pick up 10 yards on a pass and all of a sudden you get a holding penalty. you lost 25 yards. It seemed like in this game Tom was taking one step forward, two steps back. And then he just, I, I think he just got so mad that he sort of lost track a little bit of, of down and distance. He would have never thrown that pass on fourth down had he thought it was fourth down. But I expect him to get better and better and better, and I expect the Tampa Bay Bucks to get better and better. That's why this game against Green Bay is huge. It's a great litmus test for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, much more so than the Packers, because Aaron and Matt have been together. So, and, um, uh, as far as the other question goes with Cam Newton, I thought New England was the perfect place for Cam. Um, as a matter of fact, Cam has thrown the ball better up until he had you know, that had to take a step back on the COVID. He has thrown the ball so much better than he did down in Carolina. His footwork was good. His accuracy was good. He runs when he has to. And this is where you have to give Josh McDaniels an awful lot of credit, the offensive coordinator in New England. He had Tom Brady, who rushed for 34 yards last year. Last year, okay? Not last, not last game, last year. Cam almost averages that a game with his athletic skills um and so they've accommodated and really morphed the system to fit into the players and and it's just it's it's the way it should be see what you have and let the system work for them and fit them don't fit them into a system let the system be uh developed around them Joe, we only got a few minutes left we won't keep you much longer and
1: as i'll uh turn it over to you for a uh, uh, question for Joe, and then I'll wrap it up with Joe. I, so, it. I, got, I got so Aaron Rodgers had
5: a great start of the season. How good are the Packers? Can they go all the way? I think they can. I, you know, I don't know who's going to challenge them. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the most... Uh, is, is is the greatest thrower of the football I've ever seen. Um, his accuracy is uncanny. His release is second to none. Um, his, his ability to throw the ball on the run is second to none. He understands what that system is all about now. He and Matt are on the same page. Uh, he has input into the offense. Uh, he gets Devontae Adams back, I think, for this game. So, you know, the pieces in the, of the puzzle are coming around. They run the football very well, which is always great for a quarterback. I think the Packers, to me, have to be the, the Packers in the NFC certainly are the team that I'm looking at. And everybody says Seattle this, Seattle that. Seattle is just... You may as well change him to the Russell Wilson football team. <laughs> there's no, there's absolutely no reason to call them the Seattle Seahawks because he is the entire offense. And his ability to be able to make plays is why they're where they are as an undefeated football team, even though they have to the buy this week, which I think comes at a good time for them, um, to sort of reassess and reload. But, uh, I think Cam's in the perfect place where he could be. And I think Tom made the right decision to go where he is. Coincidentally, the Super Bowl is supposed to be played in Tampa this year, so we'll see. And it could be a home game. Never know.
1: Uh, Joe, uh, before we let you go, I can't uh, can't let you go without talking about my beloved uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, not not I can't say it was the, a great performance yesterday. They I guess they ah. did what they had to do to win, but. Uh, it's certainly not going to advance them in the polls. They're probably going to drop them in the polls. Your assessment of the Fighting Irish?
5: Up until, up until this game, I was impressed with the way they did a lot of things. They played a, they played a football team that um, wasn't expected to be that good, but you saw the problem they had dealing with speed and athleticism. How many times did we see our safeties and linebackers get caught inside and, you know, whether it was a running back, whether it was a quarterback, whatever it might be, just got outside. I thought it was one of the poorest performances I've seen in a win in a long time. And I'm sure Coach Kelly let him know. Um, that was not the Notre Dame football team that we expected to see, nor can we see. you got to remember, the Big Ten hasn't started playing yet. So we were ranked fourth in the country and struggled against Louisville. Um, which Louisville, I think, was a better football team than anybody gave them credit for or their record indicated. They're very athletic, they're very fast, and and they, they do things well. They put some drives together. But certainly our defense has to play better, and we need to make some plays on offense. You, you can't be dropping opportunities. You can't be dropping two-point conversions. You can't be dropping chances to be able to make plays. You don't get that many in our game. And so I expect that, you know, I expect them to like you. They'll probably drop. I mean, Ohio State's going to enter the fold now. You've got the the Big Ten coming in. More and more teams are going to play. People are going to look at it, and you have to say to yourself, you know, and and everybody's sort of pointing to that litmus test, which is going to be Clemson coming up in the not too distant future. So on November, I think seventh.
1: So uh, really, you know, really quick. Sorry, Joe. Really, really quickly. Uh, before I let you go, uh, Trevor Lawrence. How good is this kid?
5: He's really good. I mean, he's you know, I mean, we saw what Joe Burrow did a year ago. Trevor Lawrence has been in this system a lot longer. Uh, he's big. He's smart. Got great touch on the ball. Um, but remember, remember one thing, Walter. Normally, when a team gets a first pick in the draft, they need more than just a quarterback to be competitive. Mm. Uh, we've seen a lot of number one quarterbacks wind up being starters and have great careers after they left the team that initially drafted them because the pieces weren't around that individual. Uh, you, you Look what Baltimore did to, to Cincinnati a week ago. It gives you a chance to get a feel for even though Joe Burrow I think is very special. Uh, it is a team game. And I think Trevor Lawrence, after the, the show he put on yesterday, he could have put up 800 yesterday, which is amazing.
1: So we've been talking to Joe Theism. Joe, we've probably taken up more time than, uh, than we should have, and uh, uh, we apologize for that. Thank you. Oh, uh, Walter,
5: listen, it's always great to catch up with you. And by the way, my book is out called How to Be a Champion Every Day, Six Timeless Keys to Success. So you can order it uh, on Amazon. Um, I hope it's a fun read for people. They enjoy it. It talks about the world of sports, the world of business, and our own lives and how they parallel one another. Joe, I know you're one of, the,
1: one of the best motivational speakers out there, so I highly encourage our listeners uh, to get a copy of the book. Uh, Joe, once again, uh, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, certainly our privilege. Thank you so much.
5: You're welcome, Walter. Now, as you guys take care, please stay safe during these crazy times. We will get through this. We will. Th- thanks, for, and
1: thanks for that, Joe. We appreciate it.
5: as we've got about a minute left, uh,
1: baseball, uh, actually enjoyed watching the game last night. Uh, you know uh, the NBA ratings were down, and you know people had all kinds of di- different theories about it. Uh, my biggest theory is just because it's not in season. But baseball, really, the World Series. There's a rhythm to sports, and this is baseball World Series time. And I kind of found it enjoyable to watch some fantastic baseball this week. nas
4: uh, going to be Tampa and LA. It looks like to me. I think Atlanta is going to lose LA today. But I'd like to make an, uh, an announcement. That uh, congratulations on you becoming grandparents, you Marita. and Rita. <laughs> very, <laughs> very nicely done. Well, nicely done. Well, really? uh, not, nicely, also. not nicely
1: done by me. Nicely done by my daughter Andrea and my son-in-law Jason. Certainly a thrill for our family, and uh, I got a lot of friends and cohorts that have already uh, already are grandparents. Certainly, uh, certainly a wonderful moment. Thanks for that, Naz. I appreciate it. Unfortunately, the time has tick-tocked past 10 o'clock. Naz, I wish you the best this week. And to all our listeners, have a
0: fantastic week.
1: We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.